Social selling or employee advocacy is a long-term uh, long run. So you need to have a kind of a plan, a structure of delivery of the content. If you want to succeed, if it's just an impulse-driven tactic, you will, you will be strong enough to deliver for a week or two weeks, maybe three weeks. But if you want to have, you know, a, let's say, pick the fruit of the work, you have to have a couple of months yeah. of work. This is Brock, Quantum Meetup, and I'm here with two amazing marketers. However, today we're speaking about social selling. So I want to understand, are we speaking about sales or are we speaking about marketing? What's social selling? Uh, thank you, Leo. Uh, welcome, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, well, um, I'd like to start with a little disclaimer. I think that you know, marketing is, is full of buzzwords and hypes. And you know, at the, a couple of years ago, at the very beginning of first days of social selling, so to say, someone you know, um, coined this, uh, this, this term, uh, social selling. Uh, and you know, now everyone repeats that because we know things by calling them and they, they've become more familiar to us. So I guess you know, uh, social selling, it's, uh, it's just another channel of communication with our, with our clients. It's, um, it's, um, it's an approach in which uh, we use uh, uh, the personal profiles of the employees of a company uh, you know, to, to reach out to our audience. And uh, obviously, um, in a professional world, LinkedIn is this channel. But we could imagine that social selling would happen over other channels as well. And I think it's about both, actually. It's, mm -hmm. uh, so I think it's a, it's a common misconception to, 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 to draw a line between sales and marketing. Depending. Whereas I think you can't have sales without proper marketing, without, let's say, working on the top of the funnel. Mm -hmm. So I would say social selling is... Um, is very much, despite its name, it's very much about working on the top of the funnel. So let's say, as to say, like lubricating your way to the bottom of the funnel. So working on brand awareness, working, uh, working on building uh, top of mind awareness, which is essential to, to build trust uh, and then sales. So I'd say it's about both. So you cannot, uh, you cannot draw a distinct line between those two. Yeah, I very much agree with that. And I also think that you know, the, the other part of the title of this uh, phenomena or this, this tactic is employee advocacy, okay. which is actually you know, um, putting people, employees, um, as, a, as a way to reach out to an audience. Uh, you know, prior to you know, those great times of, of social selling, there were corporate channels like corporate profiles and corporate website and just corporations were expressing what they wanted to say, their key messages, what they stand for, what they offer. And employees were treated as, uh, you know, people that were working on some messages and then disseminating them through corporate channels. Eventually, um, uh, the world changed and we see that this is a great uh, channel and a great way to reach out to the audience. This was happening before through salespeople because they obviously had their way to, you know, to pitch. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I think, uh, with the, in the times of social selling and employee advocacy, more people are, are engaging in, the, mm. uh, in disseminating messages. And, and I would right? add to that, um, that it's not just about selling the product or mm -hmm. selling, let's say, what that company or what that brand offers, but it's also about selling the whole idea of yeah. the company itself. So it's not just B2B marketing, it's also employer branding, so the EB Mm -hmm. world also uh, uses methods mm -hmm. uh, of social selling to sell the idea that working for the company is great yeah. or that by joining us you'll become the next star in uh, in whatever industry mm -hmm. uh, that company operates in so uh, I'd say it's becoming it's not just about selling and it's not just about salespeople hitting the targets it's also about HR departments hitting their tar uh, targets uh, attracting 
uh, attracting people. It's also about building this sense of uh, belonging to something, you know, something that's cool, something that's worth working for among the, uh, the employees that are currently working for that company. Mm -hmm. So I'd say social selling is not just about sales. Uh, it's it's about okay. It's it's more about selling the idea. Yeah. Selling yeah. ideas. Selling uh, selling well value uh, among the prospects, but also existing customers because it's uh, it's obviously better to work uh, or better to uh, to work with companies or or, or contractors who are well established. So mm -hmm. it's very much about establishing this brand mm -hmm. uh, of yourself, your personal and company brand that uh, that makes you stand out and prove your expertise. It's easier to find clients mm -hmm. yeah. uh, if you're well positioned on LinkedIn. As you as you mentioned, it's a cooperation between marketing and sales and HR and also even, even the management team. However, who would you say would be the owner of this, uh, of this activity? If we look at employee advocacy, because social selling has a strong uh, sales footprint. If we look at employee advocacy, it's just a channel. We can achieve any goal. It can be HR related, mm -hmm. as Eva said. And obviously, you know, since uh, this channel was invented, many businesses want to use it as a sales channel or sales, sales, sales driving channel. So in this, in, in this respect, I think it can link both. You know, never if you work in silos, you have separate sales, marketing, mm -hmm. HR, you have five different companies if you if yeah. you can be successful only if you work in a coherent way, uh, way as, as one mm -hmm. and this is always a challenge because if you have multiple business goals and multiple people putting and, them in together yeah, it's yeah. difficult but i think that you know it's somewhere you know on the on the crossroads of marketing and sales so marketing is just you know expanding uh, you know or supporting the journey that the sales team is doing but very often from from the perspective of our clients very often the project owner or product owner uh, on the side of our clients uh the, this role sits around marketing okay. so it's very much like marketing trying marketing manager or marketing director trying to 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 basically cater to the needs of mm -hmm. other departments mm -hmm. so, so it's uh, very often that the marketer uh, role takes on this social selling project, but then leads to. I mean, most successful uh, social selling programs uh, basically uh, consist of the marketing um, departments um, convincing other departments like sales or BSTEF um, and management uh, to get involved. Mm -hmm. So, without this involvement of, of, of all hands involved, without that attitude, uh, it's not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So, very often very often coordinated by marketing uh, because of content production, because of uh, creating content strategy, uh, selecting the tools, managing the process of, of creating content, uh, quality content at the app because yeah. it has to cut the mustard uh, when it comes to the topics or the level of uh, insights, uh, the level of, of expertise. Mm -hmm. Exactly, I think you touched on a very important topic which is content because if we look at social selling as a channel, if we want to be, you know, have anything to say, if we want to be engaging, engage our audience and uh, really, you know, position ourselves as experts, we need to give them something valuable. And typically the sales team would not have enough time, they would have oh, expertise, yeah. but yeah. not enough time to, to actually work on content because it's just time consuming to produce anything that has any meaning. It's yeah. never 10 minutes as people think. So uh, this is how, you know, marketing, uh, where marketing steps in and how marketing can help by exactly, you know, speaking with the sales team, what are the challenges or what are the pains of their clients yeah. or what kind of information the clients are looking for. And then the marketing could actually plan the content strategy and eventually deliver 
That's how we work it out with clients, actually. Mm-hmm. We have regular meetings, uh, well, workshops, actually. Uh, so, uh, following up on how they're doing, how they socially, they have any additional needs, uh, but also talking to them about the types of projects or the types of uh, clients or accounts that they're dealing with, and then using that knowledge to come up with new topics that are relevant because mm. there's a lot of data and research showing that if um, if people see if customers see that they the sellers they are interacting with uh, already have the knowledge that they need so for example those sellers could show off that knowledge uh, in their LinkedIn updates or articles so so research shows that uh, those customers are more likely to to want to hear mm. from those sellers Okay, so or they may even be more inclined to, uh, to uh, to connecting with those people just because they see okay, this seller is actually talking about what I need, it's talking about my pains and urgencies. Uh, so this might be the person I need to talk to to solve my problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's how we uh, that's how we work with our uh, clients within the programs that we manage for mm-hmm. them. So we regularly meet up. Uh, and talk about uh, the types of questions they get. So, for example, it is might be about the uh, issues stemming from new regulations coming in force um, or um, additional changes. So, right now, we're speaking to marketers. We understand you are you are the advocates of social selling to help the whole company to um, build a brand, which is definitely like the responsibility of the marketer. Uh, so, that's what we're gonna be doing today. Uh, Prime Marketing Meetup, we went to Warsaw to learn from the community there and I think uh, wouldn't be better than uh, Clip Advice. Uh, today we have um, uh, Eva Agata Lazaniska, uh, the Content uh, Director, and Jakob uh, Libuda, the CEO of uh, Clip Advice, which have been in the market for almost 10 years now, uh, right now focusing mainly on B2B. Uh, Jakub, what is Clip Thank you for asking that. <laughs> uh, we are a one-stop shop for B2B marketing. Uh, we help our clients explain. Uh, we help our clients explain what they do, bring their products to the market. Uh, we work with uh, with high tech, with complex products that are, you know, until recently we're not really doing so much marketing, or marketing was just leaflets and 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 some let's say company swag. It was mostly trade shows, exchanging business cards with the sales team and clients. So we are filling in this gap that existed for a long time. Um, and we help our clients communicate in a meaningful way. Because obviously, uh, the producers of complex products, uh, they have a challenge of communicating those complexities, building some kind of awareness. We often work in the field of innovation. Mm. with cutting-edge solutions. So before you can actually decide to purchase something, you need to lower your, your fears, you need to understand it well, and this is what we help, uh, help our clients do. Yeah. yeah, and I would say from my perspective as a content, uh, as a content person, a content professional, it's all about helping to understand and translate their unique value propositions to, to the target audiences. Because this is something, we very often work with startups and companies that produce something that's not existed before. So it's kind of difficult, it's kind of chal- challenge to explain the, um, the value that new uh, products bring to the audiences. Mm-hmm. So it's, I would say my work consists of translating, very often translating uh, from the technical language of people who are so involved in developing the products that they unable to explain it in simple words. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm a, I'm a translator of technical 
um, technical complexities into uh, layperson's um, into layperson's terms. Hey, coming coming from from uh, the tech the tech world as well, I'm head of marketing in that I do. So also like a, a tech company, and I can very much relate to that. Mm -hmm. uh, you work like the, you have a, an amazing amazing product. Uh, however, you need to translate the benefit of that product to the user because usually yep. the founders. They know how amazing the product. They know all the amazing. Well, they can explain it exactly. in simple terms, exactly. basically. So no, that's what we do as well. So we, from our perspective, I mostly work on explaining the unique value proposition of of a given product or service. Uh, so that's kind of exciting as well because it consists of working with technical subject uh, subject matter experts, trying to 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 learn, uh, and then basically explain it in simple words. So. Uh, I think our tagline was fluent in explanation, and that's very much that's, uh, yes. a clip fluent in explanation, and I think that uh, very well describes what we did. That's, that's, I think that's a very good value proposition. Uh, <laughs> obviously, you know, there is a lot of challenges for, for B2 companies. Explanation is, is one of those, but obviously you need to strategize your message. So value proposition, as Eva said, then you need to understand your audience, plan your content, produce it, and then disseminate it. Right. Reach out to that, because if you just keep it at desk, um, then uh, you, don't, you, you don't put the message across. Yeah. I'm a B2B uh, company. Uh, I am head of marketing. I want to start social selling. Where do I need to start? I think first you need to uh, understand why you really want to do it. Mm -hmm. What are your business objectives? And then obviously we can attach communication objectives to that. Um, also, I think it needs to be said that uh, because we are leveraging employees or using uh, well, employees are our uh, spokespeople, you know, multiple spokespeople. We need to understand that social selling is kind of a bit like getting on the stage. Mm -hmm. And not, not everyone is really good at that. So I think it's also about understanding the this very specific nature of this channel and of this tactic. Uh, if you just want, uh, want to, uh, let's say, roll it out across the whole company on everyone, I think it's not, not going to work. I think starting with a pilot is, is a much better approach. Mm -hmm. So having less people involved, like fewer people involved, less, uh, less support, uh, and having very clear goals. Mm -hmm. So what you're trying to achieve in that pilot, and then assess, take it from there, basically. So if you want to do it on a large scale, we, we managed, one of the projects that we managed involved 45 social sellers at, wow. uh, at, uh, at one go. Uh, so that was kind of, you know, managing uh, the logistics of, of managing such a project. Uh, that's a lot to take in. Uh, that's a lot of, that's a lot to, of effort. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you start with one or two people at a time and then are clear about your goals, then you, and you've got some uh, assumptions, what it could bring you. If you're clear about, uh, if you're focusing on leads or brand awareness, then you can, um, pick the right metrics mm -hmm. that will help you assess if you're going in the right direction. And I, I would stress that it's very important to to pick the goals um, and then choose the right metrics uh, or KPIs, mm -hmm. as to say, uh, and then check how it goes. And then if you're if you're able to achieve those goals, uh, you'll be it will be easier for you to, um, to advocate your. Uh, attempts because it, that's also something that as marketers our on, on, on the side of our clients struggle is to uh, to win more funding to mm -hmm. get more funding from mm -hmm. the CEOs uh, so if you can prove the success of your pilot then you can ask for more money uh, and then obviously achieve even more um, goals mm -hmm. so, you know once we strategize on the goals uh, then it's uh, it's just essential to make our channels because this is how I want to perceive social mm -hmm. selling 
we need to make our channel credible. Mm -hmm. So if we have, uh, you know, selected uh, together with the team a number of employees that would become those social heroes, mm -hmm. that would become those carriers of the message, we need to make sure they are credible for the outside audience because so, obviously they might be in the real life as experts, but it's always about perception in marketing. So personal brand is the first pillar, basically. Mm, exactly, exactly. So you need to have, you know, those simple things like keeping your profile up to date, having the right photo, maybe mm -hmm. your, your career path described, your current role, the, the, the topic that you're expert in that you could have. Nice description, nice, uh, having a nice about um, section. Uh, that is written from the point of view of your customer, mm -hmm. and that's a very that's a very important uh, thing. We tend to uh, we tend to think about our ex personal ex personal professional experience in terms of HR, like describing it. Uh, because a lot of people still think of LinkedIn as a as a let's say like an online CV, whereas here we help our clients to write a profile description from the point of view of their customers mm -hmm. of their clients. So using the right keywords. Uh, that will basically strike a chord with the needs of their customer uh, audiences. So focusing on that rather than describing their experience from the perspective of HR or headhunters, that will be looking for for employees. Okay, right. so it's it's about pre building a, a personal brand mm -hmm. of that seller from the point of view. So so describing this entire experience from the point of view of the potential customers. Mm -hmm. yes. So basically, we are building personal brands for multiple people yeah. if you want them grow their personal brands yeah. and collectively this will help us to build a brand of the company we are looking for although this is about perception and you know creating this image of an expert i think that you really need to have an expert in the first place mm -hmm. if you just uh, start executing some activities in order to arrive at the ideal perfect uh, perfect brand it might turn out that you will, uh, you know, produce a counterfeit product in a way. Yeah. You just need to have, you know, people that uh, that have some some knowledge, some value to to share with their clients, with their audience, and then you're just helping them to, you know, express to it. express it, communicate yeah. it in a better way. You know, helping them maybe by training on the nature on LinkedIn how this yeah. tool specifically works. Uh, works. Otherwise, you will just, you know, produce a very fake image, and sooner or later, this will be understood by the audience. Also, it needs to be said that the huge success of social selling activities comes from the fact that people don't trust so much to corporations. They sure. more yeah. trust other people. Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, having this natural feeling, not overproduced, so to say, it's mm -hmm. a good thing, I think, mm -hmm. that uh, needs to be maintained. Otherwise, you will just have everything <laughs> well structured, but it, this will not be natural at all. Do you have a preference when you are starting with a pilot? Should you start with sales people? Should you start with like management, the CEO, for example? I think that ideally you would start with volunteers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the people that have, you know, this natural uh, preference, they like social media, maybe they already do something on social yeah. media, mm -hmm. so they would feel well uh, at, you know, taking part uh, yeah, in the imposing, project. Not imposing, mm -hmm. uh, you, like not trying to involve people that don't want to be involved. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we had such uh, cases where uh, our clients wanted to involve people who just didn't feel at ease uh, on LinkedIn. So that's that's also very important. That, I would add, I, I think that's yeah. a really good I think point. It's also quite easy to track because if you can see that someone's LinkedIn profile doesn't exist or hardly exists, mm -hmm. it's it's probably a red light mm -hmm. that it might not be the, the right person to start with. Yeah. Obviously, there are exceptions because some people, when they understand 
what power LinkedIn can bring and as a channel, also a way to interact with the audience, they would get, you know, really excited about it and really, you know, they yeah. would be fast learners. And they start seeing the social selling index uh, growing uh, as rapid, uh, um, rapidly. Um, they basically get involved. They mm -hmm. see like that the activities bring more and more uh, results. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, we've, we've seen sellers like that as well. Yeah. You mentioned social selling index. Yeah, social selling index is a uh, is a free metric that LinkedIn uh, offers you to assess uh, your let's say potential social selling potential. So it basically refers to those four pillars that you mentioned. So a personal brand, uh, finding the right prospects, engaging them with insights, content, and then building meaningful relationships. So those are the four pillars, and uh, they are offered as as a way to, to, to measure, to assess your progress uh, in those four branches mm -hmm. that you should be taking care of if, you're, uh, if you decide to, uh, to proceed with social selling activities. Mm -hmm. right. But this is also a, a tool that comes from LinkedIn uh, that is helping the users of LinkedIn to understand how well they perform. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, this is, this is just, it's an algorithm kind of evaluating our uh, social standing compared to others. Yeah. Uh, on your specific position in your or industry as well, in your industry. In location, I, I would say it's a nice way because social selling, uh, to bear through it, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Okay, it takes time to, to, to see if your social selling activities are bringing uh, any, uh, if you're going in the right direction. So, this social selling index, uh, this metric, um, helps you to observe how it's changing. And you can see if you if you put some effort in, um, let's say, posting, then obviously your metrics go up. Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a nice way to uh, to observe if you if you're going in the right direction. It is, but uh, I would say it's a support metric yeah, because yeah. otherwise, you know, there, are, you know, for marketers, there's plenty of let's say mm -hmm. dead ends. Yeah. And social selling vanity index, metrics. it's obviously a vanity one. Yeah. yeah if you yeah. focus too much on growing your SSI, social selling yeah. index, rather than just achieving your business goals, then you yeah, it's a dead end. That's true. Unless. You are you, you're not focusing on uh, lead generation, but more on the brand awareness mm -hmm. side of yeah. um, of goals. So before before going into the matrix, which is definitely a, a topic I, I want to dive more into, let's start with with the content. So social selling, mm -hmm. the, the main the main pillar there is creating the content that yeah. educate the audience, like interest the audience. Mm -hmm. um, how do you choose the content, and how do you help your social sellers with creating this content? I would say we start with um, creating a custom content strategies for every social seller. Okay. That's that's the pillar. That's the most important. Uh, that's the most important part of the uh, of this entire process. We try to understand the needs of the target audiences, uh, the things that are important to them, the topics that would help them most, um, and then we use that to create um, to create topics to 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 identify the sources of news that would be relevant uh, the types of news that would be relevant that will basically um, prove the expertise of uh, our social sellers mm -hmm. it's also really good to understand who is our social hero you know yeah. sometimes there might be an agency ghostwriting for this person or this person uh, writing the content uh, herself I think that it's, um, besides considering the audience, it's about also considering, you know, who you are and how you want to yeah. maintain your, you know, kind of coherent 
image. So some people, you know, they tend to speak more about social issues despite being in, you know, very business it's area. Very common among CEOs. Exactly. So just kind of tone of voice. I think it's good about maintaining that. Um, but also, I think it's all, it's about keeping it natural. Again, as I said, not uh, over planning. You have to have a very um, co con consistent strategy for the corporate communication but uh, for person to person I mean sometimes we speak about sports sometimes we speak of family or kids sometimes we speak about business I think the same goes for social selling content strategy obviously LinkedIn is more about professional content but you know just mix it you know maybe you can try different things mm. see what resonates with the audience and so it's very much about researching the topics that are relevant to our uh, social sellers to show them as basically thought leaders. Mm -hmm. So it's all about thought leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. So you need to have something really new to say because there is, you know, so I mean, it's a, it's a cliche to say this abundance of content. It's yeah. easy to get any kind of information online today. So if you kind of, you know, if you strategize too much and you just uh, understand what your audience tries to under, uh, tries tries to get from you. And then you build a strategy based on that. You'll be probably saying the same thing as your competitor, yeah, yeah because they've done the same homework. Mm -hmm. So I would also be, I think it's better not to post anything rather than post some something that you know other people post. It's mm -hmm. it just takes yeah. time to produce content, and I know that some um, uh, some organizations find it difficult to understand. But mm -hmm. uh, if you want to say something that is valuable, it will just take time to prepare. Planning. More about uh, showing rather than telling. Mm -hmm. So it's, sometimes it's better to wait and research and, uh, and basically show the results, show the value uh, of a given topic. So uh, especially that we specialize in social selling programs for, let's say, demanding industries. So technology, healthcare, medtech, pharma, finance. Uh, so you can't write about anything, mm -hmm. right? You mentioned creating the content strategy, and this is this is where I think it gets can be get a little bit challenging. Where to to give them the space to create the content that they think like it's they speak about themselves, like have like this tone of voice, like they are still human beings, not mm -hmm. corporate, uh, and us as marketers helping them to create a strategy, helping them to create the content. So. How do, you, how do you draw the line and how do you cooperate with them? Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the first the bottom line is that these people should not be signposts. Yeah. Although they have uh, great exposure, plenty of followers, connections, they shouldn't be seen as, you know, signposts, you know, so basically someone prefers content for them yeah. and maybe even posts for them. They, uh, the content should be created in a, you know, in an interactive manner, in a form of a discussion. They obviously have amazing insights uh, regarding the market, the clients, mm -hmm. uh, the trends. So I think this needs to be, you know, uh, pinned, uh, let's say, uh, in this uh, in this project. And, and then you know, obviously there would be a research and copywriting part may be done externally by, you know, either the marketing team or an agency. But then the feedback, you know, should be given because yeah. obviously, you know, I mean, they will be those people, those social heroes will be perceived through the content that yeah. they post. So I think so it needs to be in line with what they think. Yeah, yeah, if they, I really agree, if they agree to that, yeah, if they agree with the content that, uh, that they're actually posting. That's why we structure our content production process in a, in a very specific way. So we first create a brief, research brief. We give them the opportunity to review it and uh, chip in with additional ideas uh, or maybe some uh, company uh, data. Maybe they have some research. Maybe they've done something recently. So that's at that stage. 
uh, that's the right moment to, to add those insights to the brief. And then once they accept the brief, uh, our writers, our team uh, operators uh, create the, the piece of content. Um, then we've got a review process. We have uh, at least one round of review where they can see if we're going in the, in the right direction, if our writers are doing um, well. Um, they can. That's also the moment when they can add um, other insights. So that's that. You know, we're still dealing with uh, text that can be expanded to include uh, other ideas, other topics. Uh, and then in the final round of review, they basically check if everything, you know, if everything is in line with what they think, uh, and uh, if they think uh, the text touches the needs of their audiences. So I would say structuring the production process is very important to. Um, to 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 um, to invite uh, as many uh, points of contact, as many points of um, uh, getting the insights uh, that will make the, the the text, the content more in line, uh, more aligned with their needs, with what they think, and with their personality as well. I think that you know you. I mean, you inspired me to to say one thing because uh, you focus uh, very much on the process. Here. And I think it's important, not because, you know, we are process freaks uh, no, no, no. in the agency. It's rather, you know, I mean, social selling or employee advocacy is a long term, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. long term run. So you need to have a kind of a plan, uh, yeah. a structure of delivery of the content mm -hmm. if you want to succeed. If you just, you know, if it's just, you know, uh, an impulse driven uh, tactic, you will, you will be strong enough to deliver for a week or two weeks, maybe three weeks. But if you want to have, you know... A, Let's say pick the fruit of the work. You have to have a couple of months yeah. of work at least. You you have to you have to be flexible. Uh, we all iterate. Mm -hmm. uh, we work with clients in the IT sector, so obviously we try to be agile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we iterate. So that's how we see the text. Mm -hmm. So that's there's the part the first uh, part the first uh, let's say release has mm -hmm. uh, to refer to uh, to what tech companies do, um, and then obviously we can work and expand and change and to to adjust it to 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 the needs of our. Uh, our user. And how, how frequently do you think like, that uh, each person should be posting? I think that these are, this is a very technical question yeah. and I think that this question should be asked once the process is already yeah. running. Yeah. If you can see some results, if you feel good in this process, if you feel that it can yield you some uh, benefit and you just want to optimize. Mm -hmm. When you are uh, working on social selling uh, plan or execution yourself, mm -hmm. you are on LinkedIn every day. Yeah? Mm -hmm. So you feel like this place is really dynamic and, and uh, you know, people are posting every day. But I think probably if you look from, our, from the perspective of the audience, they are probably there once a week just you know to see some insights. Maybe less they got a more. notification. So it's better to post less, but of higher quality. Mm -hmm. Also, bearing in mind how uh, how the LinkedIn algorithm works, mm -hmm. so they assess each piece of content. And if it, I think personally think it's better to post one piece of content that is of high quality that is uh, appreciated by LinkedIn and it's shown to more people than churn out a lot of content, uh, a lot of bubble. Uh, that's not bringing the results. Mm -hmm. So focus, less is more. <laughs> Unless you are not a social seller, but you're a publisher, yeah? yeah in a yeah. way, you become so, a kind of a journalist, maybe uh, you are uh, really an influencer, mm -hmm. then, I mean, do as much as you can. And there exactly, are those people yeah. there, you know, yeah. very powerful. It is advice a lot. Hey, like, you need to post every single day, like, no matter what you're posting, like, keep, uh, keep the habit posting every day, but then, as you said, Yes, this would work, but depends on your goals. Like, if you are an influencer, yeah, this is your job. Your yeah. job is to be there yeah. every day, every minute. So, yeah, that would be fine for you. But if you are speaking about 
uh, thought leadership to be an expert, not an, as an influencer, but an expert as like um, a CEO of the company, you need to do work. Yeah, you need, you need to, basically you need to find balance yeah. between work and talking about work yeah. because LinkedIn is, is about communicating what you do. Mm. Uh, and if you're only communicating, then obviously the, the message that you're conveying is that you don't have time yeah. to work because yeah. you're constantly on LinkedIn. So uh, yeah, it's about finding balance. Yeah. I think one, one challenge that uh, I see with, with our uh, social sellers is they are really passionate about their work, about the, the company that they're working with. So whenever they're creating uh, the content, they always write, okay, how can I mention the company? Like every single post, okay, I have to connect this to whatever mm -hmm. the company is doing. I have to tag the company. Well, I think that what you ask is uh, about uh, the structure of the content strategy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have content strategy for social selling, you have content strategy for other channels. Basically, in none of those, you speak only about the product. Yeah. Product is very much bottom of the funnel, but the customer journey is quite long. You know, people need to become aware uh, of, uh, you know, of, their, of their pains than, than solutions. Then maybe yeah. they would go into consideration of alternatives and they would focus on, on specific solutions just at the very end. So yeah, you, you, want to, you want to pick their interest, you want to educate them, you want to inspire them. Uh, sometimes you don't even have to write about uh, things that are directly related to what you do professionally. Let's speak about the metrics. So we have we have the social uh, selling index. Mm -hmm. That's one metric which can be a vanity metric, can be not depending on what in, in your yeah. goals. But what other metrics or KPIs can you uh, can you be looking at? So obviously it's about. Uh, you know the the reach that you can have so you can build this reach through just you know building your contact base you know sending out invitations to to people or maybe producing content that triggers people to follow you because some mm -hmm. people might be following without being connected and then there are metrics related to the exposure of your messages so how many people interact, interact or maybe see your posts so firstly you know the views and obviously the, the engagement which would be likes or comments so all those i would say classic um, uh, classic social media metrics and then obviously you can also look at this from um, um, let's say kind of connection point of view if you manage to exchange any kind of message was this message uh, meaningful uh, and then we would go more towards uh, CRM like metrics maybe mm. an expressed opportunity or better let's say customer profiling through the messages that you that you exchange. How many qualified leads you get, how many, how many inbound uh, inquiries you get as well. So it very much depends on, uh, on your particular goals. Um, many of our clients uh, do uh, plan, uh, orchestrate a reach, a reach out activities as well. So they use, we, we help them with uh, content, we help them, we deliver content for them and also suggest ways in which they can reach out to their prospects. Mm -hmm. So uh, this way you could actually, you know, look at, let's say, LinkedIn originating pipeline. Yeah, yeah exactly. How many people are in your CRM actually come from your LinkedIn interactions? Mm -hmm. How many deals you get mm -hmm. uh, that could be attributed to LinkedIn? How many, it's also, some for some of them, uh, for, for some of our clients, it's also about adding, finding the right prospects so, uh, and adding them to the network. So that's also a kind of metric that helps them yeah. how, how they are expanding, they, uh, how they're preparing, uh, laying the groundwork for, for future sales. Because mm -hmm. for, for many uh, pilots, uh, the thing that the, the social selling pilots that we've mentioned, uh, for, for many companies, pilots could be about laying the groundwork for mm -hmm. future activities. So mm -hmm. expanding the network, building, uh, building, uh, 
the right profile, building the right brand uh, impression uh, among their uh, connections. So, yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, because it's so easy to connect through LinkedIn, you just send an invite, uh, it became a kind of a spamming tool. So, yeah. like we were, you know, some years ago, we were, an email was treated like that. You know, you were, you were sending emails at scale until, until GDPR came in. Now many people use LinkedIn like that. So I think that if you are just about, you know, measuring the number of connection and leads, you, you're not going to go very far. I mean, obviously some people will accept your invites and maybe read your messages, but this will not get you, get you so far. So these are kind of supporting uh, metrics and you can be more successful if you produce quality content that people can refer to rather than just, you know, add them to your contacts yeah, at scale. Yeah, but that's also what we recommend to our clients, like less is more. <laughs> so not just less is more in terms of posting and, and posting updates or articles or other forms of content, but also less is more in terms of sending uh, invites mm -hmm. and sending messages, so in terms of reach out mm -hmm. uh, practices as well. Mm -hmm. So it's better to send, let's say, five messages to people that you uh, you know could be your potential leads rather than sending hundreds uh, messages to people who are not who you know won't be interested mm -hmm. right so mm -hmm. it's it's because LinkedIn gives you this power of not just uh, broadcasting your message or you know be, becoming a publisher of your of your brand but also learning about uh, and I think we've not mentioned that before but that's another way to that's another way to learn about your audiences mm -hmm. learn uh, what they need and and then use that knowledge to to well basically produce more relevant content but also uh, also uh, come up with the right offer at the right time mm -hmm. because you can learn a lot from from what your audiences uh, post uh, and then they also give you that, that LinkedIn gives you this chance to learn more about their profile, uh, about their uh, company uh, profile. Also, if you uh, if you decide to use more advanced products like um, Sales Navigator, um, it, it gives you additional insights that you can use to structure your strategy, to structure your content strategy, but also reach out and sales strategy. What are some of the um, uh, pitfalls or mistakes that you see um, uh, your clients uh, do when they are doing social selling? I think that first, it's uh, commencing those activities without a, a clear goal, mm -hmm. what we are trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. Then going too structured in a way that we're going to engage absolutely everyone and produce them content, maybe externally, that they don't even know and read. Uh, taking people that are just not adjusted to that. Uh, and maybe a bit of lack of patience. I mean, uh, expect, uh, but what I want to say is that mm -hmm. some people expect that this is a short-term uh, tactic and they, they can have results in two, three, four weeks from now. So I think if you believe that LinkedIn can do it, uh, it's not like that. I would compare LinkedIn more to search engine optimization. You yeah. need to invest into that for yeah. many months before you can get results, but the results would be long-term. Mm -hmm. yeah? yeah, and this, this content is going to stay there mm -hmm. uh, and it's going to work uh, in your favor uh, in the future as well because it basically your articles and your posts, uh, they helped you uh, they help to 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 um, to show your to prove your uh, standing, mm -hmm. prove your professional standing. So they they're gonna stay with you. They're gonna work for you. Once you optimize your profile, it's gonna work for you yeah. basically. So, uh, but in terms of pitfalls, uh, I would say this is very much related to what you mentioned uh, that it's important to uh, get involved. Like prioritize people who are already interested in being on LinkedIn and mm -hmm. who have the space 
to um, to introduce new activities to their daily uh, routine, daily professional routine. Um, so I th a lot of our social clients struggle with uh, getting their social sellers more involved because they already overloaded with things that they're mm -hmm. supposed to, to be doing on a, on a daily basis. So lack of time, mm -hmm. lack of time and lack of space. And lack of belief, also As lack well. of belief in the channel. There are many employees that simply don't believe in LinkedIn or in this, they don't feel good with that. So when there is a strong push on them, there is pushback from their yeah, side. Yeah, they're reluctant. Well. They're, mm -hmm. they're reluctant to uh, to to be more involved on LinkedIn. Uh, they they don't want that. So mm -hmm. it's better to focus on people who are already enthusiastic, mm -hmm. uh, or at least open. To maybe you know. Maybe this is uh, also um, a good thing. A good thing would be to actually this you know identify the, those different. Uh, let's say, uh, adoption rates, let's say some people would be very eager to work with LinkedIn, some people wouldn't be uh, eager to work with it. I believe that everyone should be present on LinkedIn today, this way or another. But maybe we can have, let's say, a beginner group where they just have their profile up to date, they look credible in mm -hmm. case any communication is, is, is channeled to them. And then we would have advanced, uh, advanced team, you know, of uh, really passionate social sellers. And besides LinkedIn, they could be equipped with with uh, Sales Navigator that we actually mentioned. It's um, just to explain, Sales Navigator is like a personal CRM that exists within the environment of, of LinkedIn. It's, it's, a, it's a separate system. It's a paid uh, subscription-based uh, uh, system. It's around 80 euro per month, uh, but it gives great, um, great functionalities of Let's say of segmenting your audience, selecting Working people. Working as well. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a there's a lot of yeah there's a lot of situations in which it uh, it brings a lot of value, but also you need to master basic free features before mm -hmm. you dive into exactly. into more advanced options. Mm -hmm. But this would be a tool that you know could be used by those most engaged yeah. Yeah. Uh, LinkedIn power users uh, in your in your company. It could be also a type of a reward, it's specifically relevant for the sales team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would add one point, mm -hmm. uh, one thing to, to what you've mentioned. Uh, I think for, for, for many social sellers, uh, they just expect that it's going to happen, that they start posting and that it's going to happen. But I think some outreach and some orchestration with other uh, marketing activities done by the company is essential as well. So, so, um, so I think some reach out is still necessary. Exactly. So reading I... and researching about your... So not... I would say a very common pitfall is not to uh, not to use that opportunity that LinkedIn gives you to learn more about your prospects and then and then adjusting your offer or adjusting your outreach strategy to 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 what you learn. Yeah, I think that you know because this is uh, still for for many uh, many of us a, a novel thing. We very much focus on you know what it is, how it works, and what kind of strategy we should have specifically for LinkedIn, but. Uh, but I believe that we, you know, this is a, again a silo strategy. So this way, you know, the, the company would have a separate strategy for performance marketing, content marketing, and LinkedIn marketing or social selling um, approach. I think this is wrong. It's, it's best to have a coherent strategy yeah. per the specific segment you want to address. And this would be just our channel that we can execute uh, through, uh, let's say, uh, some, some tactics can go through that, but not uh, as a standalone yeah. separate thing. You need mm -hmm. to, you know, distinguish from anything else that you do. Yeah. Like I think one, one thing that you mentioned is this is a long-term activity. So it's important to manage expectations. So mm -hmm. tell me, okay, this activity is going to take us 
five, six months or probably even yeah. more. So you just manage the experience. Yeah, like the first time you post, you're not gonna have, have 100 likes to, to your post. So yeah. it's gonna take time and until you also, build that. Also, uh, you may not get any likes, yeah. but it doesn't mean that it's, you know, always lost. Uh, because this, just as um, search engine optimization, uh, the, the, it can start uh, bringing the results uh, later on and it still gets noticed whatever you post uh, it gets noticed by your network so it can it may not be the right moment but it can bring you leads or inquires uh, later on mm -hmm. so that's why you know it's uh, it's not that easy to assess it right away yeah. um, because a post that doesn't get any likes but is viewed by let's say 2,000 people uh, can bring you exciting uh, opportunities can open the door to exciting opportunities, even if it looks like to to the outsider, it may look oh, that's you know that was a waste of your time. Jakob and Eva, thank you very much for uh, hosting us here thank in Warsaw uh, and in uh, Tripadvisor, and I hope we uh, gonna meet again and maybe you visit us uh, in Prague. Oh yeah, thank you, Leo. Thank it, you very it much. It was a pleasure and uh, thank you for having us.